welcome, 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 welcome everyone to another exciting episode of Between the Lines. I'm your host. It's a big, it's a big episode for us today. You know, in Between the Lines is our 50th episode. So to all of us who have been part of it, Ay Lisa, Loa Shegun, and me, your host IBK, and to everybody who has ever listened to us, thank you, 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 thank you all. So we have a very packed show today. We're going to be talking about all the games that went down. AY is very happy. They won today against Arsenal. Man City drew, Liverpool drew, Bayern drew, Madrid won. A lot of games are going to be talk- talked about today. We're going to be talking about all, at least some of the major transfers that happened on deadline day and you know a couple of them that happened. Spider Mitchell moves to Cavs. Danny Ainge gets a whole haul of, you know, picks and what have you. We'll be touching on that. So we'll see signs a new deal and then we'll be wrapping up with what happened at the Dutch Grand Prix today. Um, so, Olisa, what's up? Good. Okay. All right. All right. AY? Yeah, good weekend. Glory, glory, my United. Uh, <laughs> the club. Leclerc was on was on the podium, so it's a, it's a wonderful weekend for me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Nothing much. Okay, good. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Okay. Okay. So Olashagun, please run through run through the games that happened in the EPL quickly. Um, what happened in the EPL? It's a lot. It's a lot. Arsenal fans can't remember. Wow. <laughs> Just a couple of hours ago. <laughs> no, that was matches played, right? So I think I think United won uh, against Arsenal. Three uh, one. Um, good good win. <laughs> uh, uh, earlier, I think Bryson played against Leicester five two. I was 2-2 and then I, I, I cut the first half and then second half I, I Bryce has got three. Um uh so good win for them. I think people are starting to uh, come to uh notice of, of Graham Potter. I think he's becoming a little bit more mainstream now with this with this quality. At least that's like the, the feedback from, from social media people are like, yeah, this is a good coach. So yeah, good win for them. Leicester have started horribly. I think last week, uh would say I mentioned that they're, they're lost yeah. and I checked out and yo, they are lost, man. These guys are they are bad. Um so yeah. Um Aston Villa drew to Man City. Um uh Haaland scored again. But yeah, Aston Villa dropped two uh, Massey dropped two points there. Brentford beat Leeds. West Ham beat West Chelsea beat West Ham United 2-1. Um Tottenham beat Fulham 2-1 as well. Everton drew with uh Liverpool 0-0. And yeah, those were those were the games. I, I think we're going to touch on it. I, I don't know if we're going to touch on uh, VAR as well this like episode, but there's been like a lot of uh, controversy in regards to the um, um, games over the weekend, especially on Saturday. A lot of mm. games uh, that v- that VAR was like the topic of controversy. I think uh, Mendy against Bowen and the Chelsea West Ham game that was one. I think there was one in the Aston Villa game with with offside. So. We probably would have a conversation about it and just talk about like VR and what can be done to uh, improve it. But yeah, that's what happened over the weekend. Yeah, quick one, guys. Uh, Bernard Rogers okay. got just got fired. So. What? what? Yeah, I just thought I mentioned that. <laughs> is it like? Yeah. The thing is, I'm not surprised. Breaking I'm not surprised it. that it would happen on like a Sunday night. Wow. That's how. Nah, that's crazy though. 
people are getting to react. That's how they fire the. No, 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 no. no. See, this one, I agree. I won't like this one. I agree. I'm it's the, not, I'm man. Really it's not, like, bro. bro it's not, man. What? He's, no, he's but been... they did best in the squad, though. So, how, how, how do you actually. Explain? No, they didn't. But I saw those guys play today, and nobody cared. So, okay, I, well. like, I can understand, like, okay, you don't have this. Is that if nobody on your team cares, you have to go. Yeah, when they when they dance it's long. Yeah, like you can't. There's nothing you can do. Like I think there's, there's a goal that Madison allowed where it's like everybody just doesn't yeah. care anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw the goal. I saw the goal. I know what you're talking about. Okay, so yeah. um, let's let, let's start with let's start with the big one that just happened today. Um, Ay, my I, I think this is the same script that we have written for my versus Arsenal, especially in <laughs> in Old Arsenal holds the ball. They didn't really did they create chances, half chances here and there, but they were totally dominant in terms of ball possession. In fact, the goal that you know in these VAR conversations that we're having, they scored against you know in against the run of play. It was a good goal that Martinelli scored, but you know, say it's a foul. Some people say it's not a foul. It was just rubbish to me. To me, I felt I felt very insulted from what VAR did. It changes the complexion of the game. I didn't like how Gabriel was today. Gabriel was ah oh, Gabriel yeah, was all shaky. Over the place. He was really shaky. Because he caused to me he caused that first goal because he went to slide and tackle somebody who was not in his area. And then of course that created the overloads and bam. And to but, but wasn't that goal. wasn't that the fault of uh, Logumba? Wasn't that the Logumba. Logumba. <laughs> Yeah, it was out of position. <laughs> <laughs> the guy was poor. Yeah, but but the Makosa player, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he was poor, man. He yeah, was poor. So, uh, and then of course the goal, you know, Arsenal equalized, and uh, this guy overreacted to me playing that three immediately to uh, with white players and stuff. It was just everything was sloppy. Left Jaka alone in that midfield. It was just it was poor, man. So there were some mistakes they made here. Yeah. I think my I think you. I think I think the biggest mistake. Sorry to cut. Wait, hold on. I, I don't want my train of thought to go. Uh, I think the biggest mistake from Ateta was when when Ten Hag brought on Ronaldo. He pushed up, thinking, "Oh yeah, Ronaldo is not the the best mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. pressing. He's not the fastest, mm-hmm. and that created more space more for space. like yes, Rashford." Yeah. Because yeah. the, la- the, the last two goals, I think the Rashford goals, were just about gaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our defenders and that happened- Arsenal have not done all season. Yeah, they've not happened- that yeah. wide open. You know. Yeah, which happened because the moment he saw Ronaldo, he just felt oh good push up guys. You know, he can't press, and that was very risky because United even missed a couple of chances again. I mean, there was this chance uh, Bruno missed. Yeah, the one that Ronaldo pressed. Uh, mm-hmm. Pressed right, Ramsey, and he copped up the ball. So at the end of the day, you could see that tactically, Ateta made a huge mistake in the last, say, 30 minutes. And that yes, yeah. basically buried the game. He could have probably gotten a draw out of it, you know, if he just was a bit more tactically disciplined. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um. So let me let me ask uh, somebody who, who could not uh, remember his own train of thoughts because he lost today. So what happened? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Real quick, can I jump in with something here? Oh, yeah. Oli said, you, 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 you do that. Wait, AY, where did you see the news up and what was the inside? I saw it on Sky, just Sky News. Yeah. Are you sure it was Sky? Yeah, I, I, I could send the link to you right now. 
Are you sure? Okay, okay, drop it on the group. I'll drop it. I'll drop it. Okay. Drop it because the one I'm seeing is not Sky. Okay. Um. Hello, Your thoughts? Um. What am I thinking? Oh, you're not. Oh, you're not capable of giving it. <laughs> no, I'm actually. I'm. Uh, you know what, Olisa? Let me let me hear what you think about the game because I'm. I'm trying to like. You know, get other opinions before I'm able to like make my own. It's kind of weird, but yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm struggling for what I think because. Yeah, as you said, we did have possession, and in the first half, obviously, well, in the first like twenty minutes of the first half, United were really dominant in terms of like possession, ag- aggression, all of that. And I, but I think they had one shot, if I remember correctly. I think that was. Oh, I, I remember Ramsdale making one save, but no, I know we had a we had a couple chances. I think in the second 20, 25 minutes of uh, of the first half, those times that um, I think Odegaard put a ball in uh, Martinelli. Martinelli headed it in, um, headed headed it to goal, and then uh, Digia saved it. So it was it was pretty even. And then obviously they get but the goal. Digia saving that chance was after the goal that was cancelled. Yeah, exactly. So that was even. So it was like two two chances back to back. Even so, it was like we we weren't on top, but it's like we were, we had created chances. But I mean, like I said, I, I don't. It's by the way, that's that's six six sports news. That's a <laughs> that's a parody, right? That's not. A... Yeah, yeah. I was just saying that in the group. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sorry, bad. It didn't actually get yeah, it didn't get sucked. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, like I said, man. Let, let me hear what this has to say. Because for me, I, I'm not. I'm confused on on what happened. Uh, I don't think it was that surprising, personally. Because even in games that I watched that we that we won, it's almost like Martinelli Saka. There's nothing they're directly creating, and we saw it again where this is just happened, especially our first two games. Odegaard sometimes thinks like his Ozil's son. Yeah, like he's just <laughs> yeah. like he's just like he just thinks he can do so many things with the ball. Where it's like, hey. Just pass. Yeah, he, like, he's, know, not, he's not that guy. Right or now. shoes. Yeah, just he's not pass. that guy. Pass or shoot. Choose one. You don't have to do all this dribbling stuff. We don't. No one needs it. You know, it's not a highlight mistake or something. And then Martinelli as well. There were just some points where he doesn't. He like he doesn't know where to dribble, where to pass, what runs to make, things like that. He was all out at sea. The midfield, I think, was the worst part. Where Jaka and Sambi, there's just no presence. Where people just walk past them. They play balls. They play balls in through the area. There's nothing really there. So. And uh, yeah, like um, um, if you mentioned it earlier, Gabriel as well just wasn't really there today. <laughs> really disappointing that sort of way. But if it, in a way, it feels like it's things we haven't really learned something new about the team. These are things that we've seen before, seen that other teams hadn't yet been able to exploit, but they were always there. I think I think with that, like when you mentioned the midfield not being there, I think it's a weird one because obviously the midfield is meant to be uh, party as the base and then we've seen well this season and i think some of last we've seen jacka being this kind of like um yeah almost on the same line as odegaard in like an ace position so really advanced yeah. and then he he well he's, he's making runs into the book I, I think we even saw it last week against aston villa he was one that got on the end of um uh martinelli's pass in the box deflected mm-hmm. it onto uh, martinez and then this guy uh jesus like uh, um, rebounded it so we've seen him like in that kind of advanced position so I think what happened today was like he was kind of in the middle because obviously you can't play like that against United but you're also not 
like by Lokonga. So it was like in a halfway house kind of place. So that's why it was mm. kind of easy for them to, not easy, but like they, they, they could put, you know, Maxomene had a good game and Maxomene is not a good player. So because he just had, he had time on the ball, there was nobody actually on him because it was just Lokonga. Even, even in the goal, I mean, we mentioned that it was uh, Gabriel that, that made the tackle. But if you see where it was Ericsson that passed the ball into the feet of, uh, my, uh, what's his name, Bruno Fernandes. But mm. Ericsson passes the ball from deep and the guy that is by him is Lokonga. Lokonga is literally by Jesus. Jesus is the number nine. Lokonga is meant to be <laughs> with uh, Fernandes that picks up the ball. Because Lokonga is just, he's, he's not he's not part of it. He doesn't have that kind of positional sense. So the midfield was just, it was all over the place. And obviously, we saw, you know, this guy, this guy, Gabriel, slides in very rashly. I think Gabriel is a really rash player. We saw him like, oh, last yeah. week against the thingy, or two weeks ago against Fulham. Yeah. He doddled on the ball. Mitrovic steals it. I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I've been very concerned about him for some time now. Him and Tierney, actually, but I'm going to He's not like Kimpembe Rich. He's not like Kimpembe Rash, but he's, yeah. he's around there. He is. He dives in. He, he's he loses. He doesn't lose. He doesn't like go. Is is the funny thing about it? He, like he, he just, just makes he makes decisions that you shouldn't make. Essentially, decisions exactly. that seem like you didn't think twice about it. Pretty much, pretty much, and, and that's so you saw that. And then obviously they get the ball to um they get the ball into the feet of Rashford. He does really well because he he um he passes it through the feet of he waits for uh, Zinchenko to come through, and then when Zinchenko comes, he passes it through the feet, and then obviously Anthony has a really good finish. So I mean that's and that was just that was I think that goal really encapsulated what went on during the game. Like Liverpool, um Man United were able to really pass it through the lines and get it to to people like Eriksen and and uh, and and Fernandez because there was just nobody on them. Uh, because that's because Xhaka and Odegaard were really high, and sometimes uh, Lukonga was out of place. So I mean, it's a, it's 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 not a poor performance because you know, like like Buku said, we had the ball and we, we were able to keep possession. But when it mattered, with in terms of that position I play in the middle, we were we were a little bit we were a little bit um um lax. And yeah, that was what as what happened with the two goals with them running in behind. But like I said, I mean, good win for United, but. I, I'm not. I'm not like super down about it from Arsenal's point of view. But now nah, I'll, I'll be. I'll be worried if I was an Arsenal fan though. Because really, this was, yeah. Because this was like the first test. First test, and you had the possession. I mean, you had the possession. Do you Do you think like, we can win that game if we play it again? No. Well, because of Arteta, I would say no. Because. Is no, like I said, is I, 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 th- I think. I think. I think it was more of personnel. Uh, I think I think right now, if sorry, sorry, Ewai, I think that for this game, you know, so that we would touch other games, that um this particular game, if he had like Ulashek was talking about, if he had just party, party no, is no. We can't, party we can't, is such an no, that's an excuse. I'll tell you why. I didn't have Casimiro. Hmm. Right? You haven't played Casimiro yet. No Ronaldo. I paid I paid eighty million for a reason by Casimiro. I didn't pay eighty million to keep him on the bench, right? So that's an excuse, really. In football, you can't say because one. No, player I'm not. I'm not. I. I, I, I it's a long. But anyway, you also knew that the I long, did not. Point, I did not say that that he played no, well. I wasn't. Well, I'm um, saying, that's why I said if I was, if I if I were an Arsenal fan, I'd be worried because this is a, this is actually the first test, and we could and you could have gotten a draw out of that game. I repeat, yeah. you could have because you had you had the game under control. It was one-one. You didn't have to be reckless. You didn't know. No, you didn't need to. You, you didn't need to, to go for the win. 
if the, the wing came, saying, they could have just if the wing, guys, yeah, 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 guys, yeah, let's just hold on to the ball. Let's keep doing what we're doing. If let's we win, let's we would create a chance or so, but exactly. not to. For you to just go all out and just no, 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 Ateta really got it wrong. So if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be worrying about that. But that's I'm that's sure something that I can learn from. But I think that's a learning curve thing. Man, hey, if, Ateta still, if Ateta is still learning in his third season, you should be worried. Whether it's third season, or not, you got to realize this guy—he's still he's thirty-nine. It's not about the age. It's not about the age. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Andres Villas Boas started at what, 33. Where is he now? He's still what? young, but where is he? I don't know. This, wasn't he a Benfica or something like that? Ah, uh, okay. That tells you a lot, right? When he left there. Yeah. So, the okay, age is not... The age is not... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, all right, all right. I know that we will have to touch on, on other games. So, let's let's move on to... Let's move on to Man City. Played 1-1. Um, I think they were I think they were slightly flat in this game and then Aston Villa made sure made sure that they were not doing anything of course Haaland scored Martinez wasn't he didn't make like 14 saves or something like that it wasn't like he was totally busy because they dominated but they weren't creating anything it was you know the guy went back to the basics. He didn't play anything fancy. He played 4-3-3. Didn't play a diamond or two strikers and an attacking midfielder in between. But I do not know what Steven Gerrard is trying to do. I do not know whether he's what, is he trying to win games. Is he trying to play expansive football? This is three wins in 16 games. He spent a lot of money already. The only one that I can give him, okay, you know what? You signed Diego Carlos, but he's gotten an ACL, so I can understand that. But then, apart from that, you've made so many signings, and I don't know what you're doing. I don't even think he knows what he's doing. <laughs> um, let me go to you, Lisa. I, I didn't watch this game, so I can't actually tell him this one. Okay, okay. Um, Lashen, did you? Oh, uh, nobody, like, nobody watches my season like that. I did, I did, I watched it. Uh, okay, well, okay. well, well my, my take from the game, I mean, to answer your question is that, of course, Gerard is under pressure, right? Because he's not been getting the results lately. And um, like you rightly said, injuries here and there, he had to strip uh, means of the band, of the captain band. So you can see that there are a lot of issues, you know, dressing room issues there, right? And also, you can't, Gerard can't say he hasn't been backed by the board, right? He's been able to bring in Coutinho, he's been able to bring in uh, Bailey from Leverkusen. He's got teams. No, I don't think he brought in Bailey. Oh, was he the one that brought in Bailey? He wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't. He wasn't, okay. Mm. Gerard became manager mm. after that. So he brought in Diego Carlos, he got, he got, he got injured. Uh, he brought in uh, Lucas Dean. Yeah, Bubaka Kamara, yeah. Lucas Dean. Kamara, Dean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's been he's been backed up, and um, going into the Manchester game, I'm sure he would have taken a draw anyway. So I mean, so from the Aston Villa perspective, that was a good result, All right? We can't say it was a bad result. For City, once again, they looked a bit. Um, I don't know. They they, didn't. they looked flat. Yeah, they dominated possession as usual, but I, they, I don't think they created enough chances to win. You know, at least not the volume with respect for Man City. Uh, De Bruyne hit the bar at some point, and that that was it. Really, that was I mean, nothing special. Can I yeah, can I try yeah. and spin this into a positive for the Aston Villa? Okay, sure. 
They lost to Bournemouth. There's some bad losses here. There's a Bournemouth loss. There's a game against West Ham that they were kind of in, but they lost. But otherwise, I could argue they played Palace, they played Arsenal, they played C. It's a hard run, essentially. Their next couple of games is Leicester, Southampton, Leeds, Nottingham first. Okay. So sure. if there's any chance that they can actually save this, this is it. Yeah, I guess you'll be judged by the next couple of games there. So yeah, oh, see man. what they do there. Yeah. That um, Villa Leicester game is actually it's <laughs> yeah whoever loses that is <laughs> is in is in real trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, before the show started, we were talking about a couple of refereeing decisions, and I, I don't want to keep on beating this particular drum. We we keep on beating it. Um, um, EPL has arguably the best managers in the game. They have now maybe a lot of the best players in the game. Now they, you know, there's so much going for them, but they have the worst referees, at least in, at least in mainstream football. Their referees are terrible. First of all, they look confused. Second of all, they don't understand. Don't body shame. Um, the flow of the game. They They look on. They don't. They don't. They don't. They don't just look well prepared. Now they are making VR look very awful. We all watch Champions League games and we see how mm. they use VR. We see how these referees handle situations. And everybody, at least for the, the real Premier League fans and stuff like that, everybody says, "Ah, this thing cannot happen in England." The reason why VR was bought in was just for that one percent or two percent mistake that the referees don't get right yeah. is to help them. The mistakes have gotten so high in, in in the game. There's so much money right now, you know, win and loss and all those things. So that's that's the reason why. But it now makes them look worse. It now makes them look, should I say, not coherent. It looked dis- disorderly. That is yeah. terrible. It's I think terrible. the problem. I, I think the problem when it comes to this VR, VR thing is the need for the EPL to always be different, right? They always try to be different. Initially, when they, initially when they initiated it in 2019, they didn't even have the VAR in the stadium, right? They had it in Stockley Park in West London, right? So you'll be playing a game, say, in Tyneside, and there's a decision to be made, and you're waiting for someone in Stockley Park to call the referee and say, oh, that's a bad decision. That's a good decision. Yeah. Where is that? So the first season was already like, was so dumb. The whole idea of VR was so dumb. And then they decided to, okay, let's do how they do it in mainstream group, right? And then they brought the VAR, the monitor to the to the stadium itself. They allowed the, the referee to go look at it itself and all that. And then they came up with this uh, obvious and this English clear and obvious they also looked they also was something about um, high threshold for whatever whatever yeah, and, and then uh, there has to be clear daylight between it's just ridiculous it's not like that in Europe everything is there black and white and you understand it right so the, the first problem I see is instead of the EPL just adopting how it's done in Europe and just which is which also makes sense because you actually have teams playing in Europe right so, mm. I mean, it's easier that way. But they're just always trying to be unique. They're trying to be different. 
But at least I, I, I'm happy at least we have the monitors in the stadium. It was different when it was in Stockley Park because at least now you know the referee is making the decision based on what he's seen or what mm-hmm. you saying. I know what's yeah. being told by some. I don't know. I don't want to use any industrial words. <laughs> from Stockley Park. So I mean, so I do you think? Do you think? Do you think? Um, Olashang, do you think that up to five of English referees will make it for the World Cup? Remember, they were not in the last World Cup. Five? Um, yeah. I think Michael Oliver will make it. I think Michael Oliver is. I, I hate his face because he's always he's always trying to like look super serious and angry and like nobody should mess with me. But I think I think he's a good referee. Um, Anthony yeah, Taylor. No, Michael fun. Oliver. Oh, oh Anthony I, I'm Taylor. Mentioning uh, him. I, yes. I, don't, he's, I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, Chelsea fans have a problem with him, but I, I, I'm trying to think of an issue I've had with him. I, I, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that I've had any issues with uh, Taylor. He, he could be good. So maybe him and Michael Oliver are, are good referees. Um, but talking about VR, I think like the the, the whole implementation of VR is, is like is horrible. I don't know why there are people in a booth. Uh, looking at monitors and stuff and saying oh come like VR is just it's just a lot of cameras watching the game mm-hmm. and basically the cameras <laughs> show you like show different angles for the referee so it really should be um the referee doesn't have any people in his own booth like telling him what's what he should or shouldn't do he sees the game he calls the fouls people um uh fans or players players contest decisions you have a certain set number of contests con- contests that you can like make like the way it is in tennis and then if a referee says okay you've 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 used one of your uh contests for this decision let's say you have three a game uh players have three a manager has one that's just we're just throwing out stuff you've used one of it for this one okay you know what i'm going to go to the booth and look at it uh i'm going to go to the screen sorry at the side of the of the of the of the pitch to look at it if i still think it's that then i change it if i don't i don't you've used one of it anyways but i don't get the whole like there's there's other referees watching it for him because like why they just tell him all they're telling him to do is oh i think you should go check this like he could just go check it by himself you know what i mean so i I think it's i think that implementation of vr is really dumb but can i contest yeah well how I would contest this is this is how this is how it works in like basketball and the NFL. What you, what you're saying in that the team has a number of challenges. I think I think basketball and football is both one, so they can challenge they can challenge at any point yes. in time. So why do I think that works? Because especially in football, like a fumble happens or something. Let's say the guy's knee was down, but they called it a fumble. That's a huge swing. Like that that's completely changed the game. So like that sort of thing, but there's also a pause in the action. So that sort of thing, there's a pause in the action. You can throw a flag. It's not like the game continues on. So that one's different in that they can instantly go to, go to the clock, change the call, like the game doesn't actually change. Football, so many of these changes happen. Some of the changes happen when the game is very much still in play and you can't really do much about it. Like now you have to stop play, have someone throw a flag. You've interrupted play essentially. And I don't feel like it's so much of an issue whereas you would need this. Because I feel like, like I watch Champions League games. I never have an issue with what to call it. Like things like offside where we've had a ton of already, like offside VR this mm. season in like the period in like the period of the season who cares that much about offside that are making it such a big deal yeah it was was the guy clearly offside sure call it offside was he not no like i've seen offside decisions that were even like maybe a bit dodgy in champions league they showed it for 10 seconds that's it no one cares we don't we don't need to see this was the guys no no he showed that offside no one cares if he scored, give it but, but like this much about nothing 
I, I just think it's competence. And I'm sorry to say, you know, all this, we are going round and round and round. Of, you know, the players are 8 over 10, the managers are like 8 over 10, but the referees are like 4, 3 over 10. I'm serious. <laughs> Maybe not four. And yeah, they're that poor. You know, you're, you know, you're, and you're, and of course, they, there's no accountability and, you know, if, if, you, if you talk shit about a, a referee, or you, not even talk shit, if you say, I think this was a poor decision, <laughs> you get a fine <laughs> or you get sent off. It is so bizarre. I hate refs so much, man. Yeah, that's, this uh, Tuchel was talking about it in his press conference. It was like, it was talking about a decision that they went to, went against them in the Tottenham game. And I was like, yeah, I can't send them about it because they're going to fine me. I'm like, that, that's just, that's insane. Like, how can a manager voice his, his, uh, I mean, you shouldn't like insult them. But say, uh, I think this is wrong. Why do you get wait, 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 You're wrong because wait, wait, you're actually wrong. Mind just voice their opinions all the time. As long as you don't sort of question the uh how do you have the competence why can't you question it? Why why can't what? you question it when pundits can go on TV and say, Is this manager a good manager and is he fit for his role? Why can't no, a manager it, it, say, Is this referee good? They definitely a manager driven from a pundit. I hope you know that. Yeah. Uh, they are, they're all in the football. Uh, because football there's a difference. It's like saying, nah. it's like saying because nah. a player, because a pundit can say that a player can walk up to a referee and start insulting him on the pitch. That is, that's what you're suggesting. It's the same I thing. I think it's because so pund- pundits aren't partisan. That's how I would put it. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the coach then he represents the team. Then the club, yeah. So you know that that won't be fair. So you don't expect that. It depends on what the, the coach says about the referee. If the coach is like, "Oh, well, that decision looked, you know, poor," but you know, it's part of the game. I don't think anyone is gonna find him for that. But when you start saying, "Oh, I think the referee is bent," oh, we. Didn't run well. It, you know, it doesn't look fit. He has it something against us, and these are things managers have said many times. So managers try to make it look like, oh, this ref has, has something against us because last year he gave Lugumba a red card, and then two years ago he gave Vieira a red card. And then when you say things like that, you're suggesting that the referee has a thing for your club. Mm-hmm. He's bringing his reputation to, he's bringing his name to disrepute. So it's totally different. It depends on what you say. They're not saying don't talk about the referees, but don't, you know, don't make, you know, certain, certain comments, yeah. Well, you can just oh. say nothing and everybody will understand what you mean. Like Mourinho. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in fairness, yeah. Unfortunately, you, you have to face Sky after every game, right? It's part of the contract, so. Nothing to say. So, sometimes these managers are already, you know, fired up because of the game. They're, they're emotional and, you know, so... It happens. I mean, the FA has to get money one way or the other. Fines are one way they get money too. All right. Okay, so um, we'll, we'll come back for part two of this. Of, of, right, of this. this. All right. Okay, so welcome back everyone to part two of this, of the 50th episode of Between the Lines. So we just finished talking about VR and some of the games that happened in the Premier League. Um, Chelsea too had the same issues and you know was it a goal was it not a goal was it a, no sorry I say was it a goal was it a foul on, uh, was it a foul on Mendy before before Connie decided to put the ball into the back of the net you know it was just like like I said earlier I just think that the quality is just too low and then such great games that we're watching we're all enjoying the entertainment is absolutely amazing 
and then we get to spend 20 25 minutes 30 minutes two hours whatever time frame and we're not talking about the automatisms of the game we're not talking about the skills of the players we're talking about some bold men you know in the middle of the field so it's yeah out of course so i just think that the fa needs to do better and like ay rightly said i just don't like you know the idea of england always forming like you know what we'll do it our own way we'll do it our own style nah <laughs> so we'll move on to we'll move on to um we'll move on to what happened in the transfer window um um olisa right oh sorry yeah. i said olisa um yeah ay please take what happened in the transfer window oh yeah um the transfer deadline you know those last couple of days that's what i mean not the whole yeah 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 the, the, the last day i've always wondered why teams all you know go into this panic mode on the last day like you guys had three months to you know recruit players you know sign players on the free or whatever and then you wait till the last day and all of you are rushing and then there's a player that you're trying to convince to sign he has to be a medical in France and then you have a private jet waiting in the tarmac. He fills the medical and then your private jet is just there. I mean, <laughs> why did I mean you somebody actually did that. Yeah, Leeds United. Right? <laughs> so I mean Yeah, yeah one guy that was supposed to go to lead the knees yeah. and then Yeah, and then you had you had what three months and you waited till the last day. So I mean anyway, let's get to it. Um so I think the headline transfer on the last day was Anthony, though the the fee was agreed a couple of days earlier, but uh, it was finalized on the last day. Uh, 75 plus 5. So, I mean, he's like the third most expensive United player ever. Uh, he, he has started paying the, the fee. The most expensive <laughs> deadline signing ever. Oh, really? Yeah. He has started yeah. paying the, the, the pay tune in him by scoring the first goal mm-hmm. this afternoon so I guess uh, it's silencing the critics already so Aubameyang to Chelsea uh, while um, Alonso went the other way I think that has been coming for for a while Baka had to share, the, share some you know salaries and all that Aubameyang looks like a like an easy option uh, Chelsea wanted him Chelsea he wanted a two year deal and uh, initially, Chelsea were not going to give him two years, but I don't think they had a choice at the end of the day. They offered him two years, and he's now he's back in London. I saw his uh, his introduction introductory video. He was probably the most the least enthused I've seen a player. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Leno that time went to went to Burnley. I mean, it looked so. On interest, on happy. I don't know. I, I hope it works out for Chelsea. Well, I don't. I don't care if it works out for Chelsea. But... Fair, he was revoked like a couple of days ago. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said they had an issue with his jaw, so maybe that affected yeah. his <laughs> his composure. <laughs> well, just a little more. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, Arsenal tried to sign Douglas Luiz. Uh, they bid twice, twenty million. Twice actually, twenty million, twenty-two million. Three times actually, three. And then twenty-five million. Yeah. 25 million all rejected not a very smart decision from Villa but whatever uh, if they had signed him maybe he would have played today instead of Lugumba and uh, you know so 
Well, one of Fofana, West to Fofana. That was also finalized on the last day. Uh, Liverpool eventually had to sign someone with all the, you know, casualties in their midfield. So they went for Otomelo. Uh, I don't, I don't know what Otomelo is going to bring to Liverpool. He's not the. At least he's not Milner. Well, I mean, it's just. Been, I, I think he's just an extra body in the midfield. Yeah. I like him. Because he holds up really well. He can. He's press resistant. He can hold the ball. I like him. He's press resistant. That's all I see. That's all I see. Hold the ball. But Liverpool is not a team that needs a midfielder that can hold the ball, right? Liverpool seems like a team that prefer that midfielder to just press, get the ball, move it forward, right? That's why they have Thiago Alcantara. So, I don't see how Automelo fits, you know? He's not the most energetic player. He's not going to run around, tackle here and there. He's more of hold the ball, you know, run here, release. He's like Modric, right? A, a, a poor man's version of Modric. So, I don't know. I don't know how that works. But how poor? But <laughs> how really how poor? I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't think there's another major trap. Newcastle bought in Akanji? Yeah, Akanji. Yeah. New, Newcastle bought in, but that was not a, late, that was not a dead nine day deal. Akanji was uh, £15 million. Pounds. I, don't, I don't understand that signing because Akanji is so poor. He doesn't, he's very streaky. He's an incomplete defender. He makes lots of mistakes. He's tall but not good in the air. So I don't get. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's Nigerian, so body. that's about it. Nigerian excellence. Yeah, <laughs> he's an extra yeah. guy for them, I guess. I, I saw people yeah. that are really excited about. It. I was like, eh, I don't know. Like, Akonji, really? I mean, I, I want to play cup games. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, just a body. So it's not not bad. I mean, City sold lots of players. There's, there's some. Uh, there are lots of cash to throw around. So that's that's just it. I mean, uh, as usual, the EPL spent more than everyone else. So, actually, did you oh, see? I can't, I can't confirm the stat. More than like deadline day. No, not even just that. Pardon? I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I can't confirm if this number is correct, but I saw it quoted somewhere. I don't know if it changed on deadline day, but that Nottingham Forest alone had spent more than La Liga, Bundesliga, and League One combined. I think if you take out PSG, they t- that that's that's correct. It oh, probably is because they spent they spent loads though. I it's think been like 150 yeah. million. No, yeah. I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's. Like, it, it can't, because, yeah, I don't because, think so. because 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 Real Madrid spent. I don't think so because no. Okay, look at it this way: Real Madrid spent 100 million euros on Chouamani. Barcelona spent 55 million. Rafinha spent that was, something yeah. million on on Lewandowski. And uh, you know, so even Barcelona and Real Madrid they don't spend say, let's say three hundred million. That was the second yeah. thing I was thinking about. That is that if it's net spend, then what are they actually cooking those books with in Spain? Yes, I don't, <laughs> I, I, don't starts, I don't think it starts correct. Maybe excluding Real Madrid, Barcelona, and PSG. Maybe excluding those three. But with those three included, those three spend at least four hundred million. So I don't think I don't think that's correct. Yeah. Um, let's 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 wrap up. Um, let's wrap up um, the football segment with what happened in outside of England. Bayern drew again one one against Union Berlin. 
oh my goodness they're still trying to they're still trying to work out things of course losing when you lose a, a player of Lewandowski you're going to have games where man Lewandowski was the one that just got that one goal or the two goals for them to go over the line and they'll figure things out Naguzman but my own problem is that Naguzman likes to experiment and he's going to keep trying and chopping and trying playing for 4-2-3-5-2 until he gets what he thinks is okay. or is So that's what happened again against Union Berlin. And Union Berlin has even started very well. Now, moving down to um, Dortmund is, is on top of the table as, as we speak. So congratulations to them so far. Now, moving down to La Liga, our boy scored <laughs> against Atletico Madrid, Mar Sadiq. Mm-hmm. Um, Madrid won 2-1 their first you know, big game of the season their first home game of the season against Betis 2-1 they won Barcelona walloped Sevilla 3-0 could have been yeah. 5 or 6 it was that bad you know so and more, there, more Sevilla games. actually they play City next which yeah, they, they could <laughs> which really is... go deep into their misery <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and they've only gotten I think one point this season. It's just yeah. Are, Some of those games were really close. Yeah, they are in that Leicester avenue, you know. So Atletico have been yo-yo, but one good part of it is that um, um, Black looks like he's back to his best, to his um, the world's best goalkeeper kind of format, and that's a good yeah. thing to go. So just one yeah. one quick minute on Atletico. What's the whole thing going on with Griezmann's contract? Yeah, so um, he has a, he has a clause that for 14 games he needs to play at least 45 minutes, you know, and then they get they are obliged to pay him to pay Barcelona 40 million euros. So uh, uh, Uncle Uncle Simeon has been playing him 28 minutes and 29 minutes. And... <laughs> yeah, because I, I was looking at his timesheets and it's like, it's like and that's he, when he, he clocks in. Six seconds, yeah. six seconds. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't start, so... <laughs> he's going to he's going to play maybe one game that he'll play like 70 minutes. But Does it count Champions League games or just, just league games? I don't know, I don't know, but it's going to be like in the second half of the season. He's he's going to be coming off the bench, yeah. They are going to milk that thing. <laughs> they are going to milk that thing. So uh, that's that's what happened. So uh, then in Syria, AC Milan beats Inter three two. My goodness, the penny has dropped for Rafael Leo. The penny has dropped for him. That guy is ready. I don't know how ready yet, but is if he continues the way he's playing like this season and the way he played against Inter Milan, if he gives me this season, mm. guys will be bringing 121. You know, they will be chasing him at the end of the season, like more people. Not Chelsea is, you know, trying to offer the last days of the transfer window, but by next summer, he'll be one of the hottest. Attackers on the man. He has everything you want. He's physical. He's like six two, six three. He's skillful, and now he has added end product, you know, to it. So he's going. He, he's the real deal. He had a goal. He had two goals and an assist in that game, you know. I'm happy that this man is up and running. Juve, oh, still misbehaving. Allegri, please wake up. Please oh wake God. up. Yeah, please wake up, man. 
Um, Napoli won 2 1 against Lazio, which was a very which is a very excellent result. They Napoli signed this new winger like this. I can't pronounce his name, Kavak something, and that guy is that guy is explosive. Yeah, I saw one clip of him. It looks it looks that really guy, good. That guy is explosive. Now these are the things that I keep saying about you know Premier League clubs. Of course, the guy didn't cost an arm and a leg. He didn't cost hundred million, hundred million, and all those things. But these are the things that I keep saying about these guys now. Now he's going to put maybe a season or two in Napoli now, and then he's going to move to the Premier League for eight million, ninety million pounds, hundred million pounds. Do you understand? And this is what the Premier League likes. They they like I don't know. They like more of the glamour of this you know of the record signing of splashing the cash and actually finding those right those good players and stuff i was just reading some somewhere that man you were offered um, um this kaisido guy 18 months ago for four and a half million dollars not even pounds and they turned it down and yet this tra- this transfer window they were sc- they were scrapping looking for for you know central midfielders and then you guys spent another 18 months of Mark Fred, as you guys, as <laughs> as, <laughs> as you are, says, you know, so it's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. But but but, but kudos. Um, um, Ay. Yeah, what do you yeah. think? What do you think? What do you think? Um, let me ask you this question because it's a financial. Should I say financial with a bit of PR question? What do you think? La Liga has a lot of top clubs and if you read and if you watch videos especially on YouTube and you see the history of the clubs they are really dynamic clubs really big clubs real history real fans what do you think La Liga can do to make their league more marketable apart from adding color to the TV first of all it's just bad. <laughs> the color separation is terrible apart from that uh, well, I mean, as you can see, it, it, it's all about packaging, really. At a particular point, the, the EPL was not as glamorous as La Liga. And the reason was that La Liga had this international established market already in, in Latin America, right? So countries like Mexico, countries like Costa Rica, uh, Colombia, Brazil, and other countries, they were more of, they were, they were watching basically the Serie A, and the La Liga. Those were the leagues they were focused on. That's why, if you notice, the average Brazilian will tell you, I grew up supporting Barcelona, I grew up supporting Real Madrid. They always want to go to Spain. It's because of that, that historical thing. So at that point, the e- so what the EPL did was they, they, they invested in you know, the markets that were not yet saturated, like in Africa, in Asia, the United States. And of course, using English being this international language, right? it was easier for them to just tap into those markets. So I think right now the, 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 the La Liga and Syria, they, they've seen that, oh yes, we've, we've really lost this race. So we need to also like start packaging our you know product better. And of course, the, the, the way to do it is that you need to actually have quality players in your league first. Your league has actually been interesting. So it's not just about you just selling me a package that is inferior to what is in the EPL. It has to actually be at at least at par. Now, but at the but, top, but they beat EPL. Sorry, they beat EPL. You know, teams more times than the EPL beats them. 
Yeah, I was get, I was I was, definitely, I, I was just about to continue. Now the top of La Liga is actually very okay. When you talk about Barcelona, Real Madrid, Sevilla, Valencia is no more there, but I mean we can add them say in the last 10 years, 15 years. Sevilla, all those things. They're, they're okay. But you see the Valladolid, the Gironas, uh, the Espanyols. So, yeah, those are the teams that just don't offer anything. Right? I'm not gonna watch, I'm not gonna see. If I see Aston Villa Man City and I see Getafe Real Madrid, I'm gonna be more interested in Man City Aston Villa. Because I know somehow Man City can actually get something out of that game. But usually and Aston Villa, Aston Villa, sorry. Oh is Aston Villa yeah. you want to see? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. But usually I know Real is just gonna pump <laughs> Getafe, right? So I think that's but but, 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 that's, but that's the first not problem. True. But that's not true with things like that because if you actually follow the leagues, you actually see patterns. Like Real Madrid mm-hmm. versus Real Betis. Madrid had not beaten Real Betis in Santiago Bernabeu for the last five years. I get, I get your those point. are those kind of stories that have been told. I get your that point. the Premier League knows how to okay. package those things and tell more than wait, what La Liga wait, does. Wait, wait, that see you, you. You, like I said, I just gave him an example, right? Yeah, I'm talking based more. We're talking based more of historical facts here. Now, the La Liga has dropped mm-hmm. a bit again because of Ronaldo, Messi left. But when Ronaldo and Messi were in La Liga, all these teams did not even have a chance. They have a chance now, right? They could still manage to get it wrong. When Ronaldo and Messi were there, there was almost no chance of them getting anything because Messi would just find a way to score. Ronaldo would just find a way to score. But even at, even at that point, so anyway, the, the main, so that's the first problem. The, the first problem is getting the league more competitive. So that even when you're selling this package, it looks more interesting to people that want to buy, right? Because at the end of the day, there's still the market there. It's just that it's more likely the EPL gets taps into those markets than, say, La Liga or Serie A. But the way to do it is, if there's more investment in La Liga and La Liga can actually compete with the EPL in terms of signing quality players and not necessarily as, say, a farm for players. There's a difference between when your league is a farm for players and when you're actually signing quality players. La Liga, outside the top six, seven, most of those clubs are just farms. They just buy players to sell. That's all they do. You get they don't really retain their quality players for more than two three years, so that's the first problem. Get investments in so that clubs can actually compete, clubs can actually hold on to players. They can actually because right now, okay, you have Nottingham Forest trying to sign Awa. Awa, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nottingham Forest just got promoted, and they we're trying to sign Awa. So those are the kind of things I'm talking about. You don't have La Liga teams that can compete that way. At least not the lower, lower end of La Liga. So if the league can become more competitive in terms of... Of course, the problem also is the way the teams are structured. They are too... How do I put it? They're too linked. Most of the clubs in La Liga are more city clubs. Like, okay, citizens actually own a large yeah. Like so Bilbao, Villarreal, yeah. those kind of teams. So that's part of the problem again. Because... It's hard for an investor to be interested in a club when he knows, okay, if I put my money in it, I'm not even going to have much of a say. 
because it's not even mm-hmm. my club. So they need yeah. to break all those structures down and say, look, we want to compete. We have to change all our laws, sport laws. To take it, it will be painful because Spanish people tend to be very passionate about their regional stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, the Basque people want so want to be separate. The Catalans want to be different. The Castilians want to be different. So they have to just overlook all these emotional things, change the structure, mm-hmm. so that some rich guy can come invest his money and become. There are so many rich people that want to invest in football. You know that from when Chelsea, when Chelsea was for sale. Like five, six, five, six teams came out. The five, six consortiums came out and wanted to buy Chelsea, right? So there are people out there that want to invest in sports and football because football is actually a sport that is really developing. If you look at all the yeah. sports around the world, basketball is not going to develop. It's not going to enter certain places because number one, to play basketball, you need to be a certain height. You need to be a certain physical specimen. Football, you could be the smallest dude. And you, you could be a good footballer. And there's little investments. You don't invest too much in becoming a footballer. You just need a ball. Just give your kid a ball. That's all. To play basketball, you need a yard. You need some rims. You, need, you know, so it's it's totally... It, football is very easy. It's a sport that is developing real fast. It's the most developed sport. And the future is really, is really bright. So you have billionaires that are interested in investing in football. The problem is... You, as the Spanish league, you need to make it easy for them to come in. And the way to do that is to just give them control, remove government control, privatize all these things. Let people just do things how they want and you just regulate it. Same thing in Italy. Italy's problem is probably stadiums. The stadiums are owned by the municipal, by the cities. So you're already paying, say, 30%, 40% of what you make from the gates to the municipal body. So there's little left for you, right? So that's it. So all these leagues need to just structure themselves. Another thing I've seen, I'm sorry to just say this. Some certain leagues probably need to start talking about measures if they really (laughs) want to compete. Yeah, no, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, we're talking about... uh, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, just merge. You know, Scotland should find a way to merge with England. I don't know. They won't do it because Mm. of pride. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They need to forgive But no, but wait. Wales, Wales had the... I mean, not Wales, but like Cardiff and Swansea were in the uh, Premier League. How did that work? Um, it's, his, it's a historical now. thing. It's yeah. a long they, time they ago. They actually left the Welsh League. There's a Welsh League. Yeah. They used to be they in it. The, yeah. They left the Welsh League and started from the bottom. Just on so, the... Because uh, uh, you... Cause, sorry, real quick. Because you brought up Nottingham Forest earlier. I've actually found the stats. And you might not believe this. So yeah. La Liga, Serie A, League One, net spend combined fourteen million euros. Oh, it was net spend? Yeah. Net spend fourteen million euros. Nottingham Forest one hundred and sixty-one. Okay, it's net spend. Okay, yeah, yeah, net spend. That that is possible. That makes sense. Yeah, makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. So and then countries like uh, the Scandinavian countries, Denmark, Norway, Finland, Sweden, they could just make that way. They have stronger leagues. They make more money. They can compete because naturally those leagues. They're not very favorable because number one, language barrier. Number two, they're cold regions. So they have very short seasons because their winter is long. So they close, they, they, they shut down the league for say four or five months. And then they play most of their football in, in, for, in, uh, in spring and summer. So those leagues need to merge if they really want to be competitive because players go there, play one year and they want to leave because, because of those reasons. So 
that's it really so, i know i sound like a reconto or something that's no 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 I, I i just felt for our viewers we needed to we always talk about you know results and stuff but i wanted us to get you know just this extra insight into this okay um, um okay okay all, all right yeah you want you wanted to say something I'll just say it quickly, but something I feel about this, like he mentioned all the leagues with the leagues possibly merging, possibly move, possibly looking at how to alter, alter like the current structures for more profitability. I just feel that there's some things like you mentioned about Liga having such a, like I saw the Robert's video, having such a beautiful culture and other clubs. I just feel like there's some things that are worth more than money is the way I would put it. That there's some clubs where the culture is so important. It means so much to them that we could we are actually fine with not having some billionaire take over this club we care more about what it means what this club means for the community and so on than what the money means i get that it's a lot of money but some of these things mean more yeah that makes sense i mean i did say like when betis won the the the, the copa del rey like the celebrations yeah. were yeah yeah it was you know you could see that it was very um uh organic you know like the the feeling of pride was very it wasn't manufactured you know i don't mm. i don't think that's i wouldn't even say masses because masses is probably like that they have they are victims of saying oh they are, they are just money pumped uh teams but there are a lot of clubs like that in the premier league that are just you know uh, like less not not less than well aston villa now for example they are they are they are high up because they've got a new owner blah 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 but you know there's just a lot of teams that you know just feels a little bit manufactured and when you have teams like betis that you know it's it's from the it's from the it's from the grassroots and just a community type thing i think that's that's very important oh okay all right uh, <laughs> i i think i have loved where all these conversations are has taken us to so let's we'll move on to other spots um ay what happened in f1 oh well <laughs> i mean everyone not surprised that would be, uh max was he was a he was on pole so we expected him to win and he did win and it, 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 <laughs> this was the dutch grand prix right yeah yeah the dutch grand prix yeah. oh, two weeks ago okay. yeah. so uh now he leads Perez by 109 points with seven races Ouch. remaining. Yeah, and, and just 190 points on the table. So the way it is now, he could miss four races. Just stay in his house, not even race. I mean, if he races, he could get a point or two points, right? And not <laughs> pack his pack his vehicle and he'll still be leading. So wow. uh I guess today was uh I mean Hamilton probably felt he had a chance of victory today, but uh, I think his uh, uh, the decision to to leave him out while pitting Russell and uh, Red Bull pitted Max and Ferrari pitted Leclerc, so they all had fresh tires under a late safety car, and then uh, Hamilton was stuck with his old tires. So, and you know. The next thing, Max breeze past him. Russell followed, and then uh, <laughs> and, and then and, and, and the funny part is when when Russell tried to overtake him, uh, Hamilton was a bit reluctant, but eventually he did. And then Leclerc, that was like twelve seconds or so behind him, also overtook him. So it was so he felt very sad about it, and uh, he ended up fourth. So he wasn't even on the podium. So. Uh, okay, who was on the podium? Yeah, it was Max, it was uh, Russell, 
and it was um um the club the club yeah. so, so that's it and um of course you know he's upset about it he's not happy he used uh industrial language on his team you oh, know okay. and, wow. yeah so on and so forth but you know <laughs> this is what it is no. uh yeah so uh the, the the driver standings right now it's Verstappen with uh like i said he's, he's, he's got a huge gap he's 109 ahead of Leclerc and Perez Leclerc and Perez are on the same point but the thing is Perez is Max's teammate so you know they're not going to let Perez overtake Max it's always going to be even if it happens that Perez is one and Max is two they're going to tell Perez to allow Max allow Max in most cases unless they feel there's no need to do that so I won't say Perez is a competitor so it's, it's, it's Verstappen 310 Leclerc 201, Perez 201, Russell 188, Sainz 175, Hamilton 158. So, and then the constructors' title it's uh, Red Bull leading, Ferrari second, uh, Mercedes third. So, that, that's that, that's it. Yeah, all right. Olajan, did you see it? Uh, nope, I was so slipping. Yeah, I was waiting for the answer. <laughs> if you had known, you would have done it. All right. Um, uh, Ulash, thank you very much. No worries, no worries. See you next week. We come back again next week, man. This is just a slight blip. We'll be back. Stop, <laughs> still talk about the league, so I don't know. That's how you do it, man. Yeah. yeah. Big block, blockbuster trade in the NBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about it. <laughs> all summer, all summer, we thought it was gonna be uh, the what the, the Knicks that got, you know. But, but got, still, uh, before before you even continue with this, yeah. the, med- the mainstream media always get trades wrong, almost always, <laughs> almost always. As in, it's annoying, man. At least the major trades, not the not the small small ones. The major yeah. trades, they almost always. I can remember when you know um, KD was to leave, was leaving Golden State. Even when he was going to Golden State, he wasn't. You know, it was always wrong. Basically, I think. I think the reason is that I think the reason is that uh, pundits are very lazy, right? They always, they always, they focus more on what they think is sensible, as opposed to what what the GM thinks is sensible. Now, so you have a GM in, in Danny Ainge, right? And you know, you know Danny Ainge's, you know, history of, you know, always trying to trade for picks, right? So you mm-hmm. know that in a trade, if Danny Ainge is interested in a trade, he's going to be more interested in teams that give him picks. As opposed to teams that are just offering players, right? He's interested in the picks, right? Now, mm-hmm. from now, he, he, he took over as a... Uh, you know, as an executive at uh, at president uh, of basketball operations at yeah. Utah, yeah, and uh, you know he traded. Uh, what's his name? Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Exactly. The Rudy Gobert trade to to um, Minnesota was, you know, I mean, it, lots of players went. There were players involved, but the main thing was the picks, right? Okay, so the Jazz, the Jazz, the Jazz received uh, Beasley, uh, Patrick Beverly, 
who has not been flipped. Uh, Leandro Bomaro, uh, the number 22 pick, which was later Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt. Four players. Or rather, three players. Because, and now, check the number of picks. Number 22 from 2022. 22, uh, 20, 23, first round pick. 25, first round pick. 26, pick swap. 27, first round pick. 29, first round pick. So basically, all the picks from Minnesota between now and 2029, just two belong to Minnesota. That's seven years. You just have two picks in seven years. So five of your picks are going in this trade. This should tell you that Danny Ainge is more interested in picks than players because the players it took, Beasley, uh, Beverly, mm-hmm. has been traded already, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bomaro. I mean, the only player I see here is Jared Vanderbilt. So basically, it took one good player and five picks. With that insight, you should know that someone like Ainge is going to prioritize picks over players. But the Knicks, now, the Knicks offered initially, I believe the Knicks were willing to offer uh, picks, no doubt about it, of course, they were going to offer picks. But they were, they were structuring that deal more around offering them RJ Barrett. Right? Yeah. 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 Now, now, Utah were, will, were willing to listen to that trade, but all of a sudden, New York Knicks offered Barrett a one twenty year, four year uh, rookie. Yeah. So that made it more difficult because even though yeah, we take we take out your Barrett, but now it's on a higher salary, right? Salary. Yeah. So that 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 sort of messed up that deal. That's what I feel messed up the deal. And of course, the the the, the Cubs saw an opening and. I mean, they offered them uh, Laurie Markinen, uh Ochad by Colin Sexton. By the way, Colin Sexton signed to uh, sign and trade. He's, he's probably the beneficiary of all this because he signed a new deal as part of the signing trade to be traded to be traded to Utah. And then three unprotected first round picks, two pick swaps. So it's it's it's, it's picks laden. In this one, it's another five picks, right? Two of them swap and three deals. And then you have Colin Sexton that you can trade. You have Larry Marketing that you can trade if you really want to go into tag mode. But we know they're going into tag mode, right? Because I mean, they're not going to compete at all this year. Uh, they're oh, probably no. gonna, yeah, they're probably going to you know do all they can to get uh, Wabenyama, uh, who is the one is the player everybody wants next year. So. Oh, right. plan. And then we know right now that the Utah Jazz are already engaged in trade discussions involving Bojan Bogdanovic, Mike Conley, and Jordan Clarkson. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, is, this is this is this is full full tank mode, man. As in, if you did not know that full before, tank, <laughs> sorry, I wanted. Let me just say this. I just saw the results now that like was cr- it's crazy. You didn't know it's Roma Fournier. Woo! Yeah, I just saw the result. Yeah, Fournier. Wow, wow. I thought Roma was doing well this season. They were top of the yeah. league. So, yeah. Fournier, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, so, um, uh, yes, and um, Destiny Udoge got two goals. Yeah, Udoge, that's the first guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Scott Sudos. 
Yeah. Okay, so um um finally finally in um NFL Russell Wilson he moved to to Denver and he had two more years on his contract, signs a new five year extension, two hundred and sixty million dollars, one sixty seven million dollars guaranteed. So his contract is now from now until two thousand and uh, 2028 or 29 and he's about 33 now so <laughs> he's gotten paid him and him and Sierra have gotten paid forever and ever <laughs> and that's all that's all the uh world team right? all the Pardon? world team it's all the world team money now Amen. I'm telling you <laughs> the world team is the world team is one of the devil bunkers the 18th richest man in the world so he just took full control of Denver Broncos, so I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my congratulations <laughs> to him, anyways. <laughs> That's yeah, what yeah. I can say. Okay. <laughs> congratulations to him. So, so with this, we've come to the another episode, the 50th episode of Between the Lines. We've we had an amazing time. I liked how this episode went went through. Make sure you check us out on all pod, podcast platforms. And thank you very much. Um, um, AY, those yeah, AY, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Cheers, man. Uh, oh. wonderful day. Uh, oh. I'm about to go pop my belly, so <laughs> take care, guys. <laughs> All right, now, yeah.